We love you, Father, and we thank you for this place that you've given us, this beautiful sanctuary that we come to worship you. We thank you for all of those that are here and all of those who will hear this message in the future. We thank you for causing your words to take root in our heart today and grow and bear fruit, that we be helped, healed, empowered, loved, and prospered by you, and that we might, through you, cause others to be the same. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Turn with me in your Bibles to John chapter 14. John chapter 14, and I'm going to start at the 8th verse. Really going to hone in on the 12th verse, but I'm going to read 8 through 15, all right? John, the Gospel of John, chapter 14, starting verse 8. Philip said to him, to Jesus, Lord, show us the Father, and it's enough for us. Jesus was just telling them that he was going to be departing. This is the last night of his life here before he was crucified, and how he was going to die again, he was telling them. And uh, he was trying to tell them he was going to prepare a place for them and comfort them. And so we start here at verse 8 where Philip says, Lord, show us the Father, and that, and it's enough for us. That'll be enough. Just show us the Father. <laughs> In other words, this is, this is hard. You know, we, we don't quite get it yet. Just, just show us the Father. Build our faith up. Strengthen us here. And Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long and you still do not know me, Philip? He's asking to see the Father. And Jesus said, Don't you know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. But the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or else believe on account of the works themselves, the things that I've done. Truly, truly, I say to you, whosoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do, because I'm going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And I'll ask the Father, and he'll give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Praise God. You know, I remember just a few days after after November the 20th, 2007. I was so glad that I had really met the King. I had really been born again, and I knew everything was going to be all right. But I still had problems in my life, in my home, my family, 
because of all the doors I had opened for the enemy into my life. I knew God had come and saved me, but I wanted everything to be fixed automatically. (laughs) I began to read some of these wonderful things, and I was like, where are they? Make it happen now. Fix everything now. Just kind of like a... Heard of jailhouse religion? Some people don't really get saved when they say they are. They just want their problems to go away so they can go back to their way of life. That's not where I was. I I really wanted God and I was sold out, but I wanted Him to fix all my problems. <laughs> and I knew that He would according to His Word, but I didn't understand everything at that time. And I. I was still having some problems with with my marriage, my wife. We were still arguing and stuff like that. And I was just really beat down. I called over this minister who'd been helping us and uh, came over and I said, man, you know, I'm still having a lot of trouble here, you know. And he said, well, listen. He used this analogy that was really funny, I thought. Because he was kind of old country boy. He said, man, you ever had a skunk under your house? <laughs> and you have to go in there and you get that skunk and get it out of there. You kill it and it's gone. He said, but sometimes that smell still comes back from time to time. <laughs> I thought this was a strange analogy. I'd never had a skunk under my house, but I got the gist of it. I'm like, I understand what you're saying. He said, that's how it is with this. So we prayed. We prayed, and you you have repented of your old life. You've been born again. We've, we've uh, excluded everything that is not of God of your, out of your life. We've prayed together, committed these things to God, and it's fixed. In the spiritual realm, he said, you are okay. He said, but from time to time, the enemy's going to try to remind you. He's going to... That smell is going to come back from time to time. And I said, okay, I get it. I can endure that as long as I know God is with me and for me. The next day, we went to work, and Tavon and I spent kind of a half-quiet day there at work together. You know, it's one of the businesses we had in which we were working together. And afterwards, we went to the grocery store, Kroger's, and we walked in. And I got a basket, and we were walking and pushing the basket. And I remember I was, <clears throat> I got a phone call. And here I am pushing this basket, and it was my dad, my stepdad, on the phone. Mom and, and him were both alive at the same time. Now they're gone. But he was laughing, laughing, laughing. And, I, and now listen, this is only a few days after we had received the Lord, all these changes were taking place. My mom and dad, they didn't know anything about it. They were 70 miles away. We hadn't talked to them in weeks. He calls and he's laughing. And how are you doing? He goes, uh, your mama wants to know how your skunk is doing. I said, excuse me? He said, yeah, your mama, she had a dream about you last night. She said, you were a little boy. You're pushing a grocery basket and you had a skunk in there. 
And she wants to know how your skunk is doing. And they're laughing. And here I am, I got my hands on this grocery basket. And I just stopped in my tracks and I said, Tell her the skunk is dead and gone. What? No, you see, your mom had this dream about you. I said, I heard exactly what you said. And tell her that skunk is dead and gone. Oh, well, I don't know. Anyway, he, he probably thought he'd get a good laugh with me about this dream. But it was God. It was God confirming what the other minister had told me. And using an analogy that was so far-fetched that only I would have understood. And here I was with the grocery basket and the skunk and all that had to do from the time I was a little boy. And, of course, there's a lot of things that we came with, you know, were burdened with. And I realized what God was up to. It was one of the most beautiful things I'd ever experienced at that time. I've never, ever forgotten that moment in that grocery store. It's just another example of how loving and compassionate the Lord is toward His children. You read your mail and, and you pass it to your parents. And, That's right. You know, it's just like he used someone that was very dear to me to... And it all connects, believe me, because of the we come with with all sorts of junk and baggage. And a lot of it is from we're born with. You know, there's curses and generational curses and things like that. And, and so all of that really, believe me, it has a lot of impact even more than, than what it is revealed here. But in 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says that if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. This is automatic. When we're born again, that old spirit of iniquity of Satan that we're born with is evicted. And the Spirit of God comes in, seals our perfected new spirit. Incorruptible, one-third of us is saved and redeemed. Incorruptible for all time. So, Isaiah 26.3 says... God will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him because he trusts him. In other words, when we put our full trust in him and focus our mind and our thoughts on him all the time, he'll keep us in perfect peace. So the renewal, the new creation, that happened automatically. But let me tell you this other part about the peace, that takes time and practice. So some things happen automatically. Other things take a little time, a little practice. Amos 3.3 3 says, How can two walk together lest they be agreed? This is God talking to us about our relationship with Him. So, in other words, He's saying in a nice way because he, He's not going to change. He doesn't need to. In other words, unless we agree with Him, how are we ever going to walk with Him? You ever try to do a, a sack race where you tie your leg to the other person's leg? And if you're not in the same step in agreement, you're not going to make it very far very fast. 
It's the same with God. We have to learn to agree with God by learning how to cooperate with His Word and receive guidance from the Holy Spirit. John fourteen twenty six, that one of the last scriptures there says, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, isn't that interesting? He calls Him the Helper. And He's given us as our vision here to help the body. To heal, empower, love, and prosper. So Jesus has sent this helper. God the Father has sent this helper. When Jesus, he's, Jesus said, it's good that I'm going away because now the helper can come. The Holy Spirit can come and he can be with you all, all the time. Whereas I'm just one man while I'm here on earth. I can just be in so many places and talk to so many of you at once. Now I can give you the Holy Spirit and he can counsel you all the time, all day, every day. He says, the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to you remembrance all that I have said. Now, if, if I were to remind you of something I had told you before, you would go, oh yeah. But if I try to remind you of something that I had never told you, you say, uh-uh, you never told me that. I never knew that. Oh, okay, I, f- I forgot. The same with, with Jesus. The Holy Spirit can't remind you of everything that Jesus has said until you put it in. The Word is so important, right? But once you have it in there, then Jesus told Peter and them, He said, don't even worry about what you're going to say when you're challenged by the world and the leaders and these corrupt kings and stuff. I'll, I, I'll give you... The Holy Spirit's going to tell you what to say then. But we have to have it in us. Without the Holy Spirit, the point is that Christian life is impossible. Quite impossible to do in our own strength, victoriously. To fulfill all that God has written for us to do. We have to rely upon the Holy Spirit. He's our helper. He's our source. He's the one here guiding us. And I'll go through uh, I'll go through with you sometime in Genesis where Abraham sent the servant of his house to go and get a bride for Isaac, Rebekah. That's a picture of Abraham as God the Father. Isaac is Jesus. Rebekah is the church or you. And that servant that he sent of his house, who only takes the name of servant in that whole chapter, is the humble Holy Spirit. And he went and got her and led her back all the way across the desert to her final destination with her bridegroom. And that's what the Holy Spirit does for us, you see. Without him, she would have been quite lost going back. You know, our thoughts and our words are things that are really problematic for many people most people all people how's that without god and without jesus without the help of the holy spirit we're going to be in that condition but we have to unlearn some things by learning the truth of god's words this he's also called the spirit of truth this helper this holy spirit but we're also responsible for our words and our thoughts you you don't know that but or you might not know that. Many people don't or they don't believe that. But it's true. Luke 
6.45 says, Jesus said, the good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. And the evil person out of the evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. So Jesus is saying you produce good or evil in your life with your mouth. And it all comes from the overflow of your heart. God says, don't be deceived. Bad company corrupts good character. And that doesn't just mean who you hang around with. It's whatever you set before you. What you read, what you watch, what you listen to. I'm not saying that you can't do anything in this life and God's going to hate you if you do. I'm saying be careful because everything is in seed form. And it's either life or death. It's producing one or the other. Death is not just physical dying and leaving, passing on from this life. Death is anything that's not of God. Poverty is death. Strife is death. You know? Physical sickness produces death. So, all of those things. But a lot of it depends on what we decide to believe and and meditate on. And this is the this is the best thing. <laughs> we know that. Sometimes I just don't uh, feel like I have time. I I've learned not to say God, you didn't give me enough time because if we don't have enough time, it's usually because we're spending it wrong. You know, God will give us the time we need to be with Him. We can never say we don't have time to pray or spend time with the Lord because He'll show us the things that He didn't really ask us to do that we did and use some of the time we could have spent with Him. <laughs> but if I, if I can't, if I don't feel like I have time to read or if I don't, I listen. I listen to it. There's so much different formats these days. I listen because I work uh, a lot out in the field in my truck. I can listen all day long to the Word, to different anointed podcasts of different ministers and even to my own. And I get fed from my own podcast. That's, that's one of my checks and balances to make sure it's not me and it's God using me because if I grow from the things I hear me say, then I know it's God and not me. The word is anointed, you see. Proverbs 23, 7 says, As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. How do you see yourself? Talking about Joshua and... Remember Joshua and Caleb? God sent the 12 spies out to spy out the new promised land. Well, they came back and 10 of the 12 had a bad report. Oh, we can't go over there. There's giants in that land. And they, they, they saw us and we saw ourselves as grasshoppers in their eyes. They had a negative report. But Caleb said, yeah, but you know, the giants are big, but, but so is our God. The giants are big, but so are the grapes. <laughs> he had a good report. And because of them following that bad leadership of the ten who were negative, God made them all circle around for 40 years until that evil generation who believed the negative report instead of the bigness of God, they saw the bigness of the enemy. And he said, you're not going in. But Caleb will. And Joshua. And Joshua. When, he, when Joshua sent out spies, he only sent a couple, didn't he? He sent them to go check out uh, yeah. was it? Jericho. But the point is, 
we have to realize that because I, I don't I don't know how many times I hear people tell me I can't help what I feel and I can't help what I think. Yes, we can. God has made it so. And so why is it good to study these things? Because we need to know that the world, the devil, our situation, circumstances, none of that controls anything to do with us. We have a choice in everything concerning us. And God has given us the power to overcome the world. Matter of fact, Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty four, he says, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have it when you pray. And it will be yours. Doesn't that seem kind of backwards? The world will never, ever, ever be able to understand that. It's spiritually discerned. That's the life of faith that we're called to. The world says, let me see it, then I'll believe it. Jesus says, believe it, and then you'll have it. Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life, just like I told you, are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. In other words, whatever you practice, life or death, you can be negative all the time. You can focus. You can, you can, you know, nothing bad is ever going to change by focusing on the bad. Whether it's about yourself. I mean, of course, we have to acknowledge things, but don't ever stop there. God wants us to go on into the supernatural instead of just focusing on the natural. If we focus on a sickness, we're going to sit, be sick. We need to focus on the healer. We're being changed glory to glory as we behold our Lord and Savior. The best thing to do is focus on God, on Jesus Christ, and the promises He has for us in this book. And they will come to pass instead of the negative things that are much easier to believe on because we see them. If you continue to say what you see... You will have what you say. <laughs> We're called to live a life of faith. Live by the righteous shall live by faith and not by sight. Second Corinthians five seven. But it takes practice. It takes practice. It's hard when the whole world is going one way for you to swim upstream. It takes practice. But once you re- once you, the more you practice, the more you'll see the results of it. Because God is faithful. Every time you take a step toward Him, He's going to run three toward you. He, he's not going to outgive Him. And when He sees His children trying to do it His way, even though it's against everything the world is screaming at them and the devil is trying to influence them with, He encourages. He helps. You remember the footprints in the sand? Oh Lord, there were times in... In my life where I see you left me. And it's just the one set of footprints. No, that's when I carried you. I was still there. Hebrews chapter 13 verses 20 and 21 says, Now the God of peace. You see? The God of peace. Not the God of turmoil or strife. The God has not given us a spirit of fear. Not given us a spirit of fear, but of power 
So the opposite of fear is power, empowerment. Not, not fear, but of power and of love. So love is the opposite of fear. Power and love are the opposite of fear. And a sound mind. A sound mind is the opposite of fear. And these things are God. Power, love, sound mind. Fear or fate. They can't be in the same, occupy the same space. Fear is not of God. You say, well, some things are just scary. I'm sorry. (laughs) Yes, they are. But not if you have more confidence in what God can do than what the devil can do. The world puts more faith in what the devil can and will do than they do in the God who loves them and provides for them and created them and frankly will do anything you ask him if you ask in his name according to his will. James says, you have not because you ask not. And then when you do ask, he, he qualified it. You're asking for personal reasons. So you can spend it on yourself. And pers- you know. So put God first. Put God first and watch what happens. He's going to make sure you have all these other things. Because no one has given up anything for me in this life. Houses or lands or family or anything else. You do not have more of the same in this life. And in the life to come, eternal life. The God of peace, he says, that brought you again from the dead. Brought again. He did bring you from the dead when he saved you. But he says, but brought again from the dead, our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep. Through the blood of the everlasting covenant. Remember Jesus says that my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. (laughs) Sad he had to qualify that. Because we know the world is not faithful. It's fickle and it's mean. And it'll take it. It'll give and then take. You say I'm not going to do that. Through the blood of the everlasting covenant. God will make you perfect in every good work. Wait a minute. Nobody's perfect. Perfect. He will make you perfect in every good work to do his will. Completely. Perfect for the job that he has for you to do. Working in you that which is well-pleasing in His sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. So we have to learn to use the authority that He's given us. You understand where we're going with this? In Luke chapter 9, Jesus said, He called the apostles to Himself, which are a picture of you, the early church, His disciples today, sitting here in this room. And He gave them power and authority over all devils, And to cure all diseases. And again he said in Luke 10, 19. Behold, I give unto you. Put your name right there. John, George, Annette. I give unto you power. Here he is empowering people. As part of our vision. To tread on serpents and scorpions. Listen, when you read about serpents and scorpions or dragons or any of that kind of stuff in the Bible, it's always talking about demons. Serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. 
All the power of the enemy. He's given you power to tread upon it. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Oh, if we could only believe that. If you'll believe that, you'll have it. If you'll see that, you'll have it. Believe and receive or doubt and do without. Focusing on the spiritual inside this natural will cause that spiritual to spring forth and manifest in the natural. You are a spirit with a soul riding around in a body. 2 Corinthians 4 7. Let's go over there. 2 Corinthians 4 7. I'll make a really good point or two and we're done. This is so important. 2 Corinthians 4 7 says, But we have this treasure. In jars of clay or earthen vessels. Second Corinthians four seven. We have this treasure in jars of clay. Depending on what version it says in earthen vessels or jars of clay. This treasure. This Holy Spirit. This spiritual identity. God is a spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. God said, let us create them in our image. If God is a spirit and he created you in his image, what are you? <laughs> you are a spiritual being. And God has put this amazing power... All of the mind of Christ, the, the anointing, this, this, this power to overcome all the power of the enemy. He put it in this earthen vessel, this container, this jar of clay. Why does he make it such an earthly, fragile thing? To show that the surpassing Power belongs to God and not to us. You know how foolish it is for us, a man, no matter how tough or big and strong or powerful that person is in the natural, to walk in pride before God? He's like, are you kidding me? I put you in this weak, earthly Vessel just to try to keep you humble. Just so the world can see that it's me operating through you. This is nothing you can do on your own. Listen, if our dreams are so small that it's something we can achieve in our own strength and in our own time that God has given us, then it's probably not one of God's dreams. He's going to put something in us that's way bigger than us. So that when it's done, we have no alternative but to give Him the glory. Which is what He deserves. 
Amen? You all seeing this? He said, my people are perishing for a lack of knowledge. A lack of knowing me. A lack of understanding my ways, my spiritual and natural laws that I've put into place for their benefit. Peter said, grace and peace be multiplied to you, in you, through the knowledge of Jesus Christ our Lord. We all love the grace of God. You know it can be multiplied in your life. God is a God of multiplication. And He wants to grow the, the grace of God in your heart and mind and in your life. He wants you walking in total victory in every area so that you can help others to do the same. And that's what we're here for. To learn how to do that. Because how can we say we love God who we have not seen if we don't love our brother who we do see? And what greater love, first of all, than to lay down one's life for their, their friends. But what greater love can we show as Christians but to go and try to give away what God has given to us, to others. I had some family member on Facebook the other day. It just broke my heart because it just made me realize that they just don't know God. And other family members hitting like, like, like when they're talking about what sounds good in the world? I said, I can't stand it when one, one faith, Christian or Muslim, talks down about another one. They're both good. In other words, they don't know Jesus. If you once you've met Jesus, once you really have come into contact with Him, you can never unscramble those eggs. Then you realize that. Everything else is demonic in nature. And it was just the devil who came to this man in a cave and it, it almost drove the man to kill himself. He went and told one of his wives and she was ambitious. Otherwise, he might have killed himself. He, he knew that a demon had talked to him. No, no, this means you're great. This is God. And this man waged violent jihad dozens of times in his life. He was awful, violent, and demonic in his life and insisted that his, his soldiers rape their enemies' wives in front of them before they killed them. And this is who they believe in, a man who was evil in his time and is still in his grave when God is trying to give them the kingdom and his love and peace and provision. To make them his children. Can you see where the father would be offended a little bit? How some people mistreat his son. Whom he sacrificed for our salvation. Grace and peace can be multiplied in our lives. Through the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Not the knowledge of Muhammad. Not the knowledge of Buddha. I feel for people who've been deceived all their lives. But what greater love than to share the truth of the gospel of the one who died for them. That's not hate. 
That's not bigotry or racism. Jesus died for every one of them. But everyone that rejects him will not ever be with him. And the alternative is grim, I assure you. So we're going to learn. We're going to continue to learn about the word and the promises and the provision of God that we can walk in power and victory. Do you know when people would just lay the sick in the streets hoping that 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 uh, Paul and Peter and them would walk by and their shadows would hit them because it would heal them. They were so anointed. They were so full of God. <clears throat> Listen, they didn't have anything that we don't have. They just esteemed God more highly than anything else. And in a world we live in, in the times we live in, when the enemy and the world is competing for everything, our time, our thoughts, we have to, that's right, we have to make a decision. It's, a, it's an effort to know God and to know what's of God. Some people... You know, I, I hear Christians all the time. I'm sure some of you, if you've been around it long enough, well, God just needed another good person in heaven. He took him. God's ways are above our ways. God didn't kill anyone. He didn't make anyone sick. The devil comes not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Now, is it mean for me to go tell that person, God didn't kill your husband? No, it's love. Because why? Because after everybody goes home and, and all the love is over and the encouragement is gone and she's sitting there by herself, she's going to blame God for taking that 35-year-old husband. He didn't do it, though. So it's important to share the truth, isn't it? It's important that she get mad, but at the devil. So she'll fight for God and with God. John Wayne said, it's, life's hard. It's harder if you're stupid. Now, now, being stupid is one thing, but being ignorant is not really a bad thing. I mean, it's bad because you're lacking, but it's not that you're stupid. It's just that you don't know. Yet. Right. So we're capable. Some of the things of God we're ignorant of, but we want to grow in that grace and knowledge so that we're empowered. The great commission to all Christians is to go into all the world and preach the good news, the gospel, to heal the sick, to raise the dead. You know that's instruction for you? Each day that passes is a day that's gone. We can't get it back. <clears throat> I always said, some people say silver and gold are the, the most valuable commodities. I've always thought of land that way. Because they can dig up more silver and gold. They're not making any more land. <laughs> you know, so I think it's the best investment there is. But in the spiritual realm, time is the most precious commodity that we're given and all of it is in seed form every second every minute of our life we're going to account for just like every dollar that he gave us but every day that passes by we just we can't get it back this is not a dress rehearsal is what i'm saying and so 
the 911 that God has given me. I saw it again before I came here this morning for years. I don't know how many of you I've shared that story with, but 911 all the time. And it's God just reminding me, listen, we got work to do. There's a, I'm coming. I'm coming soon. And there's so many that don't know me. Do your part. Do your part while, while you can. Don't regret it. It's the only thing that's going to last. When all this is burned up, only what's done for Christ will last. Only this word is going to endure. We have to, to dream big. We need to take the limits off of God. Because Jesus did say these things that I do, you will do, and even greater things. So until we get to that place, we should not settle for anything less. People debate about what the greater things are. I say, well, just focus on the things he did then. You tell me when you go raise the dead and, and heal the sick and provide so well as he did, then you will talk about the greater things. Until then, just focus on those things. The love that he shared. Mark 4.43, Jesus said, I have to go to the other towns and preach. That's why I came. He had a purpose. He always had a purpose. He was, his mind was made up. He was yielded. He was a yielded vessel. He was submitted to God. He was obedient to the Father. He had great resolve. All of these words are offensive in our politically correct culture. What do you mean, obedient? It's fruitful. It's a great investment to invest our time in God because it's going to pay off. I've got a lot more, but I'm going to stop there today. That's, I think we've covered some good ground. Amen. Lord, thank you so much for this day. We just ask, Lord, that you take this word and protect it. Don't let the enemy steal it from us. And we're going to do our part. We're going to reject him when he tries. And we're going to harbor this word in our heart, protect it, allow it to grow, bear fruit in our lives so that we can share these things with others and live a life that is an example, Lord. And we thank you for empowering us to, to stamp out anything that the enemy tries to do in our life. Help us to know you so well, to know your love for us and your, the authority that you've given us that we recognize anything right away that's not of you, Lord. So we can reject it and defeat it using the power of your word. And that we will embrace the things that are of you. And not be intimidated by the broad highway that leads to destruction that all of the world is on. And we will not feel lonely on the narrow path which leads to you. We thank you Lord for choosing us to walk in in this life with you and we will depend upon you Holy Spirit as you continue to lead us and guide us and remind us and teach us all the way through this life to our final destination with our heavenly bridegroom Jesus Christ Father we thank you and it's in your son Jesus name we pray Amen